0: Today's episode of Brody and the Beard is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Brody.Robinhood.com. That's Brody, B-R-O-D-I-E. ecom robinhood.com all investments involve risk this is not investment advice a recommendation or solicitation of any security other fees may apply visit rbnhd.co fees the free stock program is subject to certain limitations annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable robinhood financial is not a bank Is that velvet you have? (laughs) Biggie velvet. Mo Dackel. This guy's amazing. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard. I'm your host, Mo DeKalen. With me today, as always, Kelly Eco, our athletic beat writer who's on the ground, giving us all the top information. We also got Sasha Eschal producing, making sure we all sound good and are well-behaved, or as close to well-behaved as we can possibly be. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Rocket struggles lately, which led to a team meeting. We're going to talk about their upcoming Big game against the Lakers on Saturday night, and we got a special, special interview coming up, and this is why it's important to have guys like Kelly on the ground, because he's able to give us top interviews like this one. He was able to sit down with Isaiah Hartstein, talk about NBA fashion, talking about being able to carve out a role for himself on the Rockets. So let's dive into it. Kelly, how you doing, man? Well, it seems I'm doing a
1: bit better than the Rockets right now, so
0: pretty good, yeah, man they tough they dropped a tough one last night against Portland, two losses in a row. I know it's the second night of a back to back and all that stuff, but Kelly, they just have not looked good lately, even in their win against Atlanta, you know, they let Atlanta back into it and and they've really kind of struggled across that board like the last few games. What's going on, man? like what's the deal?
1: I mean, how much time do you have it's 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 what I like to call. You know, the the dog days of the NBA season, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with this, having been around the league for so long, but it's around this time of the year, January, you know, February, where older teams kind of hit that wall, like, mentally, physically, emotionally. They just look drained, and they've lost three out of four, but they just haven't looked good in a in while defensively, and it, it comes from a lack of cohesion a lack of energy, you know, a lack of communication. I think the Portland game was kind of a culmination of everything that the guys have been feeling, which called for a team meeting. You know, it was supposed to be run by Mike D'Antonio, but it was actually turned into one that Russ led, you know, him kind of taking the lead and kind of speaking to the team, even though he's only been there for, you know, less than six months, But he kind of spoke to what they need to get back to doing, you know, playing for each other. Uh, I thought it was very interesting hearing uh, Coach D'Antoni talk about playing for the front of the jersey instead of the back. I mean, uh, I kind of spoke to pointing fingers, you know, the blame game, which does happen whenever you have, you know, older teams trying to win a championship. It does get very tense because you realize that this year – Maybe even more so than, you know, the previous two. There's a lot riding on this season. And I think right now they're in a rut. They have to find some way to get out of it because, you know, you and I talked about their upcoming stretch of games where there's not a lot of rest and they're playing very good teams. The last two games are kind of the ones that you would think that would be your cushion. You know, for those kind of hard games. So the fact that they've lost two, you know, it hasn't started well. So I think they had to meet to kind of clear the air, get some things off their chest and try and move forward.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, the dog days are always tough, but I almost feel like this is more than just the dog days. Like there's a problem going on there. Like you can kind of just see it. It's not like the dog days are the way I I look at it. It's like, okay we're just not playing hard or whatever but to you know when you talk about like they have problems with guys pointing fingers you know that that's a pretty interesting quote from d'antoni you got to play for the name in the front not the name in the back which is something you almost hear more often in college than anywhere else right uh but like you know that's that's him kind of pointing out to his guys like yo you guys got to come together as a team and this is really kind of the issue, you know, now they got Gordon back. So it's not like, you know, and he's had enough games at this point where I feel like we can start seeing him play better and I think they just got to start figuring this thing out and you know, this is the stuff that they kind of people got on Chris about last year, you know, kind of being really tough and 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 hard on the guys and 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 screaming or whatever and and basically being like a mean little general. I think this is becoming An issue here for the Rockets, and we're finding out that it's not just Chris that was the issue last year. And and it's worrisome, you know. And like you said, man, we talked about it last time. I think it was like 14 games in 25 days. It's, you know, a bunch of playoff teams. I mean, their next three games, all at home, luckily, Lakers, Thunder, and Nuggets before they go on a four game road trip. Like, those are tough games, and these are games they got to win. Like, they got to go get some of these games here because they got to start worrying about seeding and where they're going to fall. It's kind
1: of ironic, you know, we've heard for so long, you know, about Chris Paul and his, you know, his attention to detail and the the no-nonsense attitude that he brings towards games and how sometimes it might rub teammates the wrong way. But this season, we're kind of seeing that from, from Harden where he has, you know, barked at some of his teammates for, you know, Various reasons during courses of a game. I just think that Mike D'Antoni, I think he's over it. I think the team is over it. And I just think, like I said, and I said this early in the season and, and people thought I was crazy. But I just think this is this year. You're seeing a lot of more emotions, you know, coming to the forefront where maybe maybe you wouldn't have seen in 2017 or 18 because, you know, that, that honeymoon phase is over winning or lack thereof has a very easy way of, of kind of showing itself to like, in in a way to reveal itself if things aren't going well, or if there's frustrations between teammates or coaches or whatever have you. But it's one of those things where, Someone has to take the lead, and that's on, you know, Russ and, and James. And, and, and to to their credit, they did take accountability for that after the game, saying, you know, it is on the leaders. It is on us to, to get the guys' spirit going. And because we do have still half the season to play, they still have, you know, the playoffs and whatever have you. So it's important to get your – thoughts and frustrations out in the open now rather than have it fester and dig deeper inside you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you touched on it. Winning cures all, almost always. I have a story for another time of when still winning games and teams still hated each other, but that's a whole different story for another (laughs) day. But it does help kind of hide the worst, right? You feel good after a win. Everybody's a little more excited and whatever was annoying you in the first quarter Eh, you tend to forget about it a little bit uh, if, you, if you get the win and and you feel all right. This is a couple of things here that it's interesting, though. Like, do you feel like D'Antoni's feeling the stress a little bit kind of coming in as a lame duck coach? You know, we've hasn't been talked about much, hasn't really felt like that's been an issue this year. But is this beginning to be a crack here? Like, it's just like, you know, for me, if I'm looking at it from D'Antoni's side, it's, You know, he's not able to go in all the way hard on the guys because he doesn't know if he's going to be back next year. And that's that's a bit of an issue there, I think, you know, that you might be able to do if you have a longer at least another year on your deal where you feel like a a bit more secure. Do you feel like that's coming from D'Antoni when you're saying he's over it? Kind of like, what do you mean? I just I just
1: feel like he's over the sense of, you know, you have an older group of guys and you expect. I think somebody asked him the question of defensive mistakes and lapses of communication. Are you worried, you know, at this point in time in the season that, you know, your players are still doing mistakes like that? He tried to spin it, and he admitted he said he said, uh, he was trying to spin it in his head, but he couldn't do it with a straight face. And just he talked about how he's very concerned. This isn't the first year they've had a rut. You know, there they weren't a rut at some point last year. They were in a rut the year before. And he kind of, you know, gave the impression that it happens. But I think this year is different just because, like you said, he doesn't have a contract guarantee next season. I'm pretty sure part of him is thinking like, why do I have to put up with this? He's He's been around the league for so long he should know you know, when it's time for him to, to step away or to stop fighting the good fight. And I think, I think we're seeing a crack of it because Mike D'Antoni is a very honest coach. He says a lot of coach speak, I'll give you that. But in the midst of that, if you read between the lines, he always drops things that he wants to say and he knows how to get his point across very well. And what he said last night was very surprising because if you're talking about guys playing for themselves as opposed to the team and you're 40 games in, 41 games in, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, that's an issue. That's an issue for sure. And then I want to ask you one other question before we we look forward and towards the, the Laker game here. Do you think... All the talk of trade rumors, and you know, names haven't really been dropped for the Rockets, but like you know, them constantly trying to be linked to getting Andre Iguodala or Covington or Jay Crowder or whoever. Do you think that's kind of wearing down some of the guys in the locker room? Of like, yo, we have everything we need. Do we? Do we really need to go after? You know, these guys. Do you get a sense that's kind of wearing on the players a little bit? I know trade deadline stuff. Listen, people don't want to admit it, and players don't, won't say it, but it does definitely, they do feel it, you know, the rumors and the the things like that. And, you know, Wosh tweets out, hey, there's a possibility that this guy might get moved. You know, players see those tweets. They may not say they do. If they don't see the tweet itself, somebody's sending it to them. It's one of their friends or their family members going like, yo, what's up with this? So, you know, they kind of feel that stuff. Are you getting a sense anywhere in the locker room that players are, are, are kind of feeling a little stressed with the, with the trade deadline coming up or a couple of weeks away from it?
1: Um, I haven't gotten that since yet, but I do know that, to your point, players, you know, they, they do check, they run to Twitter right after the games. You know, they'll, sometimes they'll search their names. They'll see what people are talking about them. And, yes, this is a team who's always involved in, you know, trade talks and trade rumors and what have you. But this is an older group. Maybe if this was a younger group, they would, you know, kind of be affected by it. But these are all professionals. They've been around the league for long enough, where they know what's going on, and they do. I, I talked to um, Daryl Morey <clears throat> last night for a little bit, and he kind of gave the same, you know, sentiment that they do have the guys, you know, within the team to to turn this thing around. And granted, they are still twenty six and fourteen. It's not like they're
0: eleven and fourteen, you know, last season. For sure. And and the other thing too, they got a lot of time. We're at the halfway yeah. point of the season. We've we saw this team catch fire last year, you know. Um, so I don't think it's 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 troublesome. It's scary right now what's going on, but it's not like this is the end of the world type thing. And I and, and please listeners, don't take it away as we're all doom and gloom here. It's, it's just something that's going on right now. It can be worrisome. I want to I want to kind of go back to an old D'Antoni quote, which is probably one of my favorite things. Is like we're not panicking, but if we're but if we're not worried right now, we should panic. You know, I think that's kind of the situation where they're in right now. Like they need to figure this stuff out with that tough schedule coming up. You know, I think this is stuff that they gotta, you know, hope they nip in the bud and get going right away.
1: Wanted to add one more thing. I think part of the reason why it's so, like, heightened right now is because, you know, this is the year that, quote, unquote, you know, the league is wide open. The fact that, you know, they haven't quite gotten it together, like maybe the Lakers or the the Bucks, you know, that's probably giving them more of a reason for, you know, things to crack at the seams a little bit. But, yeah, they do have time we have seen this team turn on the jets uh, after the all-star break the last two seasons. So there is hope for that for them, but uh, it starts on Saturday, you know, uh, yeah, that's a big game for them. And if, if they can get that under the belt, maybe that kickstarts, you know, some good fortunes around the team um, heading into a pretty tough, st- a pretty tough stretch.
0: Yeah. I mean, Let's let's dive into it. This is the first time they've played the Lakers this season. It's going to be a ABC Saturday night primetime game. Like I love these games anyways. Uh, part of it's also because the time, 5.30 in LA, helps me uh, enjoy my Saturday night afterwards, if we're being really honest. Um, but this is a good game. This is going to be a good kind of measuring stick. Lakers are number one in the West right now. I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to play. He's been out the past few games. If I had to guess, and this is just strictly guessing and, and gut feeling, I think you know we we, we might see him play. Uh, let's talk about this, Kelly, in the sense of if he is playing. You know, what are some of the things you think the Rockets can try to do to take advantage of the of the Lakers and and attack this team? Well, if
1: you have seen, if you've ever watched a Pelicans Rockets game the past you know two three seasons. It's one of the more interesting parts of the Rockets, given that Capella has defended Anthony Davis pretty well. We all know Davis is a, a transcendent figure. You know, he's a beast. But Capella has been able to hold his own a bit against him. Now, he also didn't have to worry about LeBron James <laughs> or, you know, Dwight Howard coming back, who has been playing well recently recently. Dwight is going to be a bigger problem for Capella than Anthony Davis, I think so, just because we all know about Dwight whenever Dwight wants to do something he'll do it, and whenever he wants to impose his will against his former teams or or what have you we've seen him you know turn back the clock a bit. Dwight has a point to prove in Houston, especially you know with his new lease of life, if you put it like that, as a laker. Again. Um, so I think that's going to be Clint's biggest problem. I don't think Anthony Davis, I think because Davis is not 100%, it makes it a bit easier for Clint. Davis isn't, you know, the kind of big man that, say, a Valchunas is who, or a Lamarcus, who wants to hit those, you know, the turnaround fadeaways, you know, the, the post ups like that. It's, that's a problem for Clint. Davis puts the ball in front of you. So I think. I think Capella should be able to hold his own, but then again, this isn't gonna be an emotional game, so you never know.
0: I see, I have an interesting wrinkle here that I would I would try to do if I'm the Rockets. You know, I think this is one of those games where I think it it wouldn't be the worst idea to put James Harden on JaVale McGee, who starts the game and keep Capella on Davis or You know, Howard, when he comes in the game, and and we talk about it all the time. He's he's, Harden can hold his own in the post, but also listen if the Lakers are going to try to take advantage of that matchup, guess what? That means the ball is not in LeBron James' hands. That means the ball is not in Anthony Davis's hands. Like, you'll live with that. Like, can Dwight get you 30 something points against James Harden? I don't think he can. I think Harden's good enough in the post. I think, you know, the Lakers will try to take advantage of running pick and rolls and try to get switches and and things like that. And and that's something they might have to deal with. But I also think Harden switching on to LeBron is not the same. Like we saw where Harden struggles defensively last night against Portland. Shifty guards, quick guards, like he couldn't stay in front of Dame last night. Every time he got switched onto Dame, it it was a problem for the Rockets. LeBron's not really blowing by dudes right now. He's really using his strength and we we talk about it a ton too, you know, Harden's a strong dude. He can kind of hold his own in that situation. I think that's where the match of stuff gets interesting. I really think that's something they should probably explore. Like, you know, I'd start out with, you know, PJ on, on LeBron, Capella on Davis, and put Harden on whichever center, you know, McGee or, Har- or Howard, you know, it's when they go small, maybe that's an issue. But I think that's kind of how I would start out, you know, and then just have Russ falling in. You know, I, I'm not sure if Rondo's going to pl- play or not. Uh, uh, so, he, And he comes off the bench. But having Russ kind of guard Green or Bradley, you know, and, and, and same for Eric Gordon, allowing those guys to roam defensively, I think there's a real chance for them to kind of give the Lakers trouble by doing something like that.
1: And and to your point, I think also it would be the game where either D'Antoni's small ball looks amazing or it looks horrible because the Lakers do have a lot of size. That is their calling card. That's where it gets tricky for them as opposed to, you know, playing the Clippers who don't have, you know, the size to punish you down low. Harden is due for a big game. I've seen Russ play well, you know, the last couple games he's played. Tucker is due for a game too. The most important part of that game is going to be Mike D'Antoni, how he manages the rotation, how he staggers and tries to combat the Lakers, you know, abundance of bigs.
0: Yeah. And, and one thing we should mention, which we should have mentioned at the start, too. I thought Russ Russ's game last night was probably his best game as a rocket. How, how did you feel like I thought? And, and, yeah. and if this is the Russ they can get. And they can get Harden going, who he just hasn't shot the ball well the past two games. But if they can get him going and and mind you, they have two days rest before going into this game against the Lakers, I I I think they they have a chance. I think you're right. I think we're gonna have a big game from these guys. And you always say it, they they get up for these games. I'm pretty sure these guys are too old for this, but I really
1: think they should have like a a big ass sleepover, you know, just all the guys just <laughs> sitting in one house and and just you know, talking, talking it out, you know, just being together because th- this is a big everybody game. Everybody, get out your
0: jammies. Yeah, everybody, to, get your get, out p-
1: to, <laughs> get your PJs on because they'll they'll need every hour of these two days off before this game. The Lakers. It's almost like whenever the Warriors came to town for those ABC games, how big those events were. They were almost larger than life because, you know, they were the big bad Warriors, but they were the cream of the crop of the league. And that's kind of what the Lakers are right now. And we've, um, we've always seen, you know, Harden get up for going against LeBron James. It should be a firecracker of a game.
0: There we go. Firecracker of a game. And as you mentioned earlier, the bigs are going to play an important role for the Rockets. And you were able to sit down with Isaiah Hartstein and talk about, you know, just abundance of topics. So, Uh, Before we get to the interview, you mentioned it earlier, this is going to be an important game for the Rockets bigs, and you were able to sit down with Isaiah Hartstein and be able to talk about a bunch of different things, you know, NBA fashion, his role with the Rockets, and, and plenty more. So everybody stay tuned and check that out. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep, finding time to rest, is one of the most valuable things I can do for my mind and body. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount on an annual membership at calm.com slash brody. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at Calm.com slash brodie. That's Calm.com slash b r o d i e. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. We have a a very
1: special guest, Isaiah Harnstein is joining the Brody in the Beer part. Isaiah, what's going on?
2: Hey, how y'all doing?
1: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad I got to get a hold of you. You know, you're so busy right now.
2: Cause yeah, cause yeah, cause yeah, yeah. We've been traveling a lot. Like, I yeah. happy to finally be on, on the show right now.
1: Before I get into all the, you know, the logistics of everything, I gotta ask you about your fashion, man. You know, I wasn't there the day you, that you wore the uh, the Balenciaga uh, turtleneck, but I was there. I was there after that when you wore the other turtleneck, and and, and I'm seeing your fashion, you know, you know, coming to the forefront. So. I want to ask you, who's the real turtleneck shorty between me and you? And where is your your whole, you know, sense coming from?
2: I mean, it's still you still turtleneck shorty, but I mean, <laughs> every now and then I'll pull in a little turtleneck in there and just trying to fit it in the team where there's so many people that fashionably they're so high in the game. But every now and then I'll put a little bit in there.
1: Are you are you hearing you know positive feedback from, from the guys on on your outfits and everything?
2: Yeah, always. Always, always when when I'm normally a, a Nike sweatsuit, yeah. Nike everything or Jordan kind of guy. So when you finally come in with someone dress, a little bit dressed, people people notice it.
1: So you know, this is now your you, you've been in the league for a, a few years now, but I want to compare and contrast, you know, your first year in the NBA with now, what would you say, you know, is the biggest difference, you know, in, in a year's time?
2: I think confidence. I think my confidence went a, lot, went a lot up this year. And I think defense, I think I'm not fouling as much as I did last year. And I think that was one of my problems last year, that every time I came into the game, it was like an automatic, probably like two fouls in five minutes. So I think me just being more confident, playing Manawa, we worked a lot in the summer just playing with verticality, and I think I've been doing a really good job. It's just when someone attacks, staying vertical. And I mean, I'm I'm long. I'm long at the end of the day, so, it's, so it helps a lot just staying vertical, just jumping straight
1: up. So you know, you know, a lot of you know fans and people that watch the game, we don't. We don't get a chance to see you guys as often during the off season, But I know there's a lot of work that goes in. So kind of take us through your off season, what you did, you know, who you spoke to, who you worked with. What were the things that you wanted to, you know, improve on from your first year? And, and how did that, I guess, that summer go for you?
2: Um, I mean, just in general, I just say just build so a confidence. Working on my defense, and then working on what I could already do good at the time—just rolling, catching, finishing. So I think just working on those stuff with John Lucas, uh, Matt Brozzi, who just with them a lot in the summer, and then uh, and then with Javar in the weight room. It's just a combination of a lot, a lot of those things together. I mean, we were there probably five hours a day, five hours a day. We made sure we got all our work in, and I think it helped a lot at the end of the day.
1: So, you know, for the average fan who might not be, you know, known to your skill set and your body of work, kind of tell me, who is Isaiah Hartenstein?
2: I mean, if I can describe it, just energy. I mean, that's, I think, what my biggest, biggest thing is right now. Every time I come on the court... Well, I already talked to Russ about a lot. It's just, you want me to be that, like, no opposite big man has more energy than me. And I think I take a lot of pride in that. like, that when I come on the court, I don't want any other big man or any other player on the court to have more energy than I do. And I think I'm, I'm skilled. I think I, I can do a lot on the court, but right now I know my role and I think I do it. I do my role the best and I think I'm doing it pretty good right now
1: yeah speaking speaking more about your role, you know you've carved out a pretty nice niche for yourself in the rotation. What was the process of you i guess earning that spot and you know earning that trust from uh the coaching staff?
2: um I think it was an opportunity i think this this season I got maybe my opportunity a little later. Um, I don't think I really got an opportunity to show what I could really do in the preseason. So it was kind of hard going into it, going back to the G League and stuff. And then when Clint went out, I mean, never want to see someone go out. But it was an opportunity to, to show people what I really worked on the summer. And I think I did a... Doing that just every time I played over... 15 minutes. I've always done at double double or something like that. So, so I think every time I go out there and really get a chance, I always try to make the most of it. And I think it's a good job every time. Coach plays me more minutes. I always do a good job.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I want to touch more on that on that G League stuff you talked about because I I know every time you went down there, you got buckets and. and to you, was that time? You know, obviously the the G League Finals run. The MVP was that run more of you, you know, building confidence, or was it more of you just, you know, proving to the guys that you do have this thing in your bag, and it's just a matter of getting a chance to show it on on a, a bigger platform.
2: Yeah, I think last year it was really confidence more. I mean, um, I worked a lot of my game last year. I think last year, it did kind of help me really going down there and playing. This year, I didn't see much of a benefit going down there just because I didn't really have much to pr- This year, I think it was more just making sure I was in shape. So I went down there and played. But I think last year helped a lot, just showing people really what I can do and I can really play.
1: What was your uh your kind of your first initial reactions once you heard um that you guys had acquired Russ kind of what where were you and what were the initial thoughts that went through your head like during that time
2: um I don't remember exactly where I was, but I was excited I mean I like playing fast and um I mean the player I've always watched before was Stephen Adams, so it was kind of already easy knowing kind of what what he likes, where he likes the big, the stand and stuff. So me just coming into the season, I was, I was very excited because I know he finds the big guys, he plays fast, and that's all what I do.
1: You you, you talk about Steven Adams. Have you, have you guys ever, like, talked, communicated, like you and Steven Adams specifically? Or have you ever had a chance to uh, just kind of get a sense of him and
2: his mindset? Uh, no, I mean, I've talked to him. I mean, I've talked to Russ about, like, yeah. What stuff he kind of does with his, like, big, one thing with his folders and stuff, and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, just watching him, I mean, even this year, I started to watch him actually a little bit more than I normally do. I mean, I always try to watch a couple of players. I mean, this year, I like watching Montrez, just because he's pure energy. And that's also where I want to be in the stage, just coming off the bench and having that much energy. So just I always try to pick a couple of players where I watch every season and just try to take as much as I can from the players.
1: I think that's one of the more underrated parts of Russ that people don't talk about, the, just his attention to detail and you know, the love for the game and the ability to, to communicate with his teammates. You know, what have you seen in, in the, I guess, the five months you've been around him? What have you seen about Russ that maybe a lot of people don't know? a lot of people aren't, you know, privy to?
2: Um, He's a great teammate. I mean, probably one of the best teammates I've had so far. I mean, I haven't been in the league for that long, but in general, like, he really makes sure he talks to me a lot, just where he wants me to stand, always makes sure that I'm good. Like, he just really is a great teammate overall. And um, he plays hard. I mean, no matter what day it is, if it's, like, how many games he played, how I many minutes he played before, he just wants to win. And I think that's that's a, a tribute that no one really has. I mean, not no one, but, like, rarely everyone, anyone has an NBA who comes out every game and really gives it their all every game.
1: So, now, I know, I know the, the middle of January is kind of what we call the dark days of the NBA season, you know, when, you know, you might be tired physically, emotionally – Mentally, but what would you classify, you know, as the biggest thing with the team right now, off of a two-game losing streak? Is it is it energy? Is it, you know, injuries? What, what would you think it is?
2: Uh, just, I mean, with our our team, I mean, we're older team, so it's injuries always going to happen. Um, but that's like, like to just said. That's, that's time for me, Chris, or any of the guys to know me don't play that much to step up, but I mean I things energy. I mean I think the last couple of games we didn't really come out with that much energy. And I think we try to do better better than that just better communicating as a team and well I think we gonna we'll be working on that. So
1: so you're talking about energy, but as a young player, you know, that's kind of, you know, your what you're expected to do. So are you guys telling the coaching staff that hey look you know, I'm here, I'm ready to help, I'm ready to step in whenever, you know, if you do need that that boost or that burst of energy like you talk about.
2: Um, yeah, I have energy no matter every time I come on the court. I mean I'm not really gonna I'm not in that situation to say, Hey, play me now it's not what I do. Um I'm ready whenever the coach wants me to to come in and then if there's some games where you just doesn't think he might I guess how you call it trust trust me in that in that game. I just try to bring energy on the bench. I mean anything you can do is I'm not just gonna sit around and pal if I don't play that that's not a part of the team game. I mean there's games you're not gonna play. I mean you only have five players can go on the court at once, so it's you gotta make try to help the team out any way you can and starts just, like, supporting them from the bench. And that's what you just got to do.
1: Speaking of that, you know, the Rockets have a pretty tough schedule coming up where you guys don't have that many rest days and you're playing a lot of playoff teams right now. So is that going to be even more important, being a good teammate, you know, either playing or on the bench? Is that going to be just your job to support the guys, you know, as they go through this tough, you know, upcoming stretch?
2: Yeah. I mean, in general, it's, I just try to keep the energy as high as possible. I mean, especially with the older team, you just have to just try to keep as much energy in the room as possible. And, um, at the end of the day, just, it's a long season, especially with the older team. It's always, you always have to do your role. I think that's what Russ also says me a lot to be the best in your role i mean i'm not trying to i know i'm not gonna come in and try to be the best scorer i'm trying to come in and have the most energy on the court and do my job and so so i'm just trying to just stay steady and doing my job and then everything will come to themselves i mean i I work hard and so i
1: appreciate your time Isaiah. i know i know you got a busy schedule today but before we go is there there anything you want to say a a shout out anything you want to give
2: uh, shout, shout out to the fans out there thank you for supporting us and um, shout out to Terry next, Shardy
1: <laughs> oh, oh man alright man appreciate you bro uh,
0: folks that's it for the show be sure to subscribe to The Athletic if you're not already a subscriber theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard for 40% off an annual subscription that's like comes down to like three bucks a month guys you can you can figure it out you can skip a starbucks run once and pay for it this way you can get all of kelly's great writing ali khan wrote a great thing recently about the rockets offense and how james harden stands damn near half court sometimes in their offense and he kind of gets good tidbits as to why they do it so be sure to check that out for kelly eco for sasha shaw for mode Dekeel. we out